Okay. Right. Okay. Today's message is found recorded in actually three Gospels. It's actually found in, in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we, it's actually the parable of the sower. And today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to actually look at the account in Matthew. So if you could please turn to Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to read from verses 1 to 23. Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 23. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into the ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where there was not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and a thorn sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But unto them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing hear not, neither do they understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, uh, gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into the stony place, the same as he that heareth the word, 
and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. We know the Lord will bless that reading of his word. The key, the key issue in this parable is that there are four types of soils that are described for us here. The first one is the wayside. The second one is a stony place. The third is thorns. And the fourth is a good ground. Now each of these soils represents the hearts of the different types of hearers of the word of God. Now if you just turn over quickly to Luke chapter 8. Keep your place in Matthew because we're going to come back there. Luke chapter 8 and verses 11. If we read that, we see that in this parable, it doesn't mention it clearly in Matthew, but in Luke it says here, now this parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So that clarifies it. It's really good to look at all three, three Gospels if you're going to read this passage, because it brings certain topics to mind and certain things that you don't always see it in the one Gospel itself. So we see from Luke's Gospel that the seed is the word of God. And it's the effect that the word of God has in each person's heart and each hearer's heart. So, what is the word of God? Seeing we're starting with the seed, we'll start with that quickly and go through it. So what does the word of God say to each hearer and their response to it is different? What was the seed that was sown? The message is very, very simple. God created man in his own image. Man disobeyed God's commandment and thereby sinned against his creator. This broken relationship between God and us separated us from God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, every single one of us, and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. For man's sin, each and every one of us deserve to die. And it's not just a physical death. When Adam disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, he died spiritually, instantly. And it was only later, many hundred years later, that he died physically. But the promise of God was this, if you disobeyed him, if you sinned against him, you would surely die. And that's what happens. And every one of us knows that we will, we'll never see 700 years old. We'll never be there. At best, if we, if we, if we, if we um, through God's grace, we might reach 100, maybe 120. But pretty much not much longer than that. Because the oldest person, <laughs> the oldest person in the world is not older than 130. So the reality is that we are going to die. There's no, no, no getting around that. But 
The important thing to remember, though, is that God loved us so much. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him shall have eternal life. God loved us so much that even though we were sinners, He wanted to reconcile us to Himself. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place. Jesus lived a sinless life on this earth. And He died on the cross. He was buried. Three days later, He rose from the dead. And He's now seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for those who believe in Him, those that have faith in Him. The seed is belief in the finished work of Jesus Christ for your salvation. Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That is the seed, the word of God that has been sowed. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the, the four different types of soils that we, we have here, and um, explain, try and understand what type of hearts the various people are. <clears throat> but, the first thing I want to do is to go back to Matthew chapter 13. I want to read verse 3. And only the second part of it. It says, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. So Matthew chapter 3, it says, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. The first thing I want to point out about this is I want to focus on the sower for a few minutes because um, sometimes we don't focus on this when we go through this parable. We tend to focus only on the soil. But in this case, I want to focus on the, on the sower. <clears throat> the first thing I want to point out is the original sower was the Lord Jesus Christ while he was on earth during his earthly ministry. He preached to the multitudes and through all his ministry he had 12 disciples. We know that the one disciple was Judas and he betrayed Christ. But he was never saved in the first place. He was a sinner. He was a thief in the beginning. He was a thief during the ministry. And he was a thief when he died. There was no difference. He didn't get saved. But he had 12 apostles. Because the third apostle was, or the 12th apostle was Paul. Paul was out of season. But he was an apostle. So, we, so Jesus had 12 apostles. And, the, and one of his earthly ministry, he was a sower. <clears throat> and he spread the gospel. But when Jesus left the earth, the twelve apostles went forth sowing the seed. And they became his sowers in his place while he was away from the earth. And the seed that grew from that, each and every one of us, each and every believer, is now a sower. The gospel, if we turn to Matthew chapter 28, there is a great commission, and this is where we get our command to go out and sow from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So we go to Matthew chapter 28, and we read verses 18 to verses 20. And this is the Great Commission. It's known as the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spake unto them, and saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. There is your command, there is your instruction to go out and sow the seed. 
The second thing I want to point out is that we do not have a name for the sower. In many of the parables, like we, for instance, the, the one of the parables of Lazarus and the rich man, we have the name of Lazarus. But in this parable, we don't have the name of the sower. But as I was mentioned earlier, the sower is every believer. Anyone who's put their, 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 their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the command in the Great Commission was that you were to go out and to spread the word, to sow it all around the whole world. The word, of God, the word of God is alive and it has the power to save. The seed that you've got is actually alive. It's not something dead that you're trying to sow. It's a, it has the power to change lives. So if you just look at Romans chapter 1 verse 16. <clears throat> Romans chapter 1, verse 16. <clears throat> and this is Paul saying, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The word of God, the seed that you have, that you can share with everyone, has a power to change lives. The question you've got to ask yourself is, if this word was not live, the seed that we have, why would you go and try and sow it? Why would you go out and try and sow something that you'll have no effect? The effect would be if you don't believe that the word is alive. It's with saying, I'm going to take some pebbles and I'm going to spread in the field. And while spreading in the field, I'm going to expect corn or wheat to grow. There's no life in stones. There's no life in pebbles. Even if you took the pebble and you cut it and you grooved it and shaped it nicely to look like a seed, and you filled a bag full of these pebbles that look like seed and painted up nicely like seed, and you throw it out in the field, you will have no effect. There will be nothing. It doesn't matter how good the ground is. It's dead. It has no effect on anyone's lives. You cannot expect something to grow for something that is dead. It's pure foolishness. <clears throat> So that's why it's only a believer who can understand that the Word of God is true and alive and with that, 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 that their lives have been changed by it. And by that, they realize that the, 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 the seed that they have is true seed and seed that can change lives, that they will go out and spread it. If you don't believe in that, you will never go out because you'll think it's dead because it has no effect on you either. Okay. Okay, um, right. the third thing I wanted to highlight out of the sow, uh, from, from the sower is that he went out to sow. He had a commandment from his master to go out to sow and he went and did it. The same as when we had the Great Commission, which we just looked at right now. We are meant to go out to share the gospel message. Christ commands us to do that. He did not sit at home and leave the seed in the sack. He didn't just sit down and relaxing watching a game of footy or watching whatever sport they looked at in those days. But he went out. He knew here there was a time to sow. The season was there to sow. If he didn't sow at that time, the season would pass and winter would come and there would be nothing growing. 
He went, there out to, he went out there to sow. He did the job he was given to do. He had an occupation. He had a purpose. And he was obedient to that purpose. Now the final thing that I wanted to point out about the sower is that he was not responsible for the growth of the seed. Now sometimes you may think, when we go and share the gospel message to people, that we've got to take it and this person's got to, we've got to do everything to get this person to believe. But the reality is, it is not you who does it. Okay? All his job was to do was to sow the seed. He went out to sow the seed everywhere. And the seed went everywhere. As we saw in the, in the, in the parable, it went on to the, um, the wayside, went to the, among thorns, went to the good field, good ground. That's what he had to do. He went out to sow. So, um, as you see, the seed landed in the wayside, the stony soil, among the thorns, and on the good ground. It is also important to note that it doesn't matter how good the seed may be. And we know that the seed has life in it. It cannot improve the type of soil that it lands in. You could put the best seed that you have in this world. It doesn't matter what seed. You could, have it any, you could look after it very well. And if you put it on the wayside, it's not going to take root. It doesn't matter. So the seed itself does not change its ground. There has to be an alternative factor to do that. Now, what I'm saying here is, is not that you have people who have stony hearts, that you shouldn't preach them. You must still preach. God, in His providence, can rip up that ground. A ground that is the wayside, is un, unfruitful, can become fruitful if it is ploughed deeply. You have these massive ploughs and they rip it open. And God has the power to do that. So, please don't be discouraged if you are preaching to the wayside. An interesting thing to remember is that if you're a farmer and the only block of land that you have is rocky ground or the only block of land that you have is the wayside type of ground, you go out there day in and day out and you will still try and sow there because if you don't, you would die. You would have to make use of what you have. Whatever God has put you into, you need to make use of what God has given you. Because only through God, God's grace, He can change things. You can't do it on your own. Right, now with this in mind, we'll go and look at the parable of the sower in more detail. Okay, we'll look at Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to look at verse 4. And we're going to read verse 4, and then we're going to read verse 19. So we're going to read the parable and the, instru- and the description, um, explanation at the same time. So, Matthew 13, verse 4. And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls came up and devoured them. Verse 19. When one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. The seed of the wayside represents people whose hearts are hardened. There may be people, for instance soldiers, who've been battle-weary, who've gone into battle every single day and see death 
destruction, violence, and their hearts get hardened by that. But it's not just soldiers. You can't even have a, normal, a, a person amongst us here that has never forgiven someone for something small. And through that lack of forgiveness, their hearts get hardened. And you can see it sometimes when you see people in the streets. They have that hardened look on their face. They, they just can't forgive. They don't want to hear. They've only got fixed things in their mind. And they just want to focus only on the, the certain things in their lives. That can happen to, to anyone. These people's hearts are like packed and compressed soil. They're hard like concrete. Very hard-hearted. And they're also careless hearers. The seed of the word just bounces off their hearts. There's no penetration. It's the same as this wooden planks on the floor here. If I took seed and tried and plant it, it would just bounce off and bounce off and bounce off. Wouldn't go anywhere. There's no, there's no, no effect on their heart. These are the type of people, when you try and talk to them about Christ, they turn away from you and walk away. Or they say, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear anything about Jesus Christ. What they're saying in their hearts is this. How can I get rid of this person? What can I say to them? So that they can just go away and leave me alone. So I can go back to doing what I want to do. This person has no interest in anything to do with Christ. The seeds just bounce off. Now many times we may go out witnessing. And we might find, we come across people like this. Who are very hard hearted. What we need to do is still preach the word. Right? Even if it seems like there's no effect. Through our prayers, if we continue praying for that person, God can change that soil. God can open that furrows. God can plough that soil. God can open that ground to make it fruitful. Our job is not to do that. Our job is to pray for them. And our job is to share the gospel message with them. And God will give the increase. So if you, are, if you come against, uh, across people like this, please don't be discouraged. Just keep doing the work. Keep sowing the seed. Next we're going to look at uh, is the stony ground. So we read verses 5 and verses 20 to 21. So verse 5 says, Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth, and when the sun came up, they were scorched, because they had no root and withered away. And verse 20 to 21 says, But he that received the seed in stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. This person's heart is like having a solid rock, a bedrock of rock underneath their heart. On top, have a thin layer of soil. Now when it rains, you'll have this, the water pooling underneath the soil, and you'll have the soil very moist. And when the sun comes up, it'll heat up that soil very nicely. So whatever seed falls into it, actually grows very quickly, because the conditions are perfect, ideal. 
So there's a little bit of moisture, and there's the sun, of the, the warmth of the sun initially keeps this up, and keep, uh, makes the, the conditions ideal and lets it grow. These people quickly accept the message, and they proclaim that they believe in Jesus Christ when they hear that, that, that seed fall in there, when they hear the good news, the gospel. However, you may only see them in church for one week, two weeks, maybe one or two months. And after that period, you never see them again. They fall away. They go back to the world. They seek new spiritual highs. These things take place, usually, when persecution happens. When someone says to them, Oh, you're a Christian. Oh, but... No, you can't do that. And they, and they start getting persecuting them for their faith and say, making mocking of them. And then these guys turn away and go back to the world and following the world. They can't take the heat of the sun that comes onto them. These are the promising soils, shallow-hearted people, or even superficial hearers. These people all want the good promises of the gospel. They want to go to heaven. They want their sins forgiven. They want fellowship with God. And they want God's blessing. But, they reject the heat of the sun. When a true Christian gets the heat of the sun, it makes him stronger. It increases their faith in Jesus Christ. He puts their reliance on Jesus Christ. Not in their own strength, knowing that he will bring them through it. But what these people on the stony ground, what they do is they reject the heat of the sun. They don't want persecution. They don't want trial. They don't want tribulation. They only stay as long as the going is good. When the, tough is, when, when the going gets tough, they're out of the door. And you'll never see them again. We'll look at the third type of, of hearer. And we'll read Matthew chapter 13 verse 6 and verses 22. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And verse 22. He also that receiveth the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. The third type is among thorns. This person's heart is like good soil. But the soil is shared with many things. There are thorns amongst the soil. There are thorns in the ground. There's other things that's preventing the seed from developing. If you look at verse 22, it says here, there are two items mentioned that chokes the seed. It says here, He that receiveth the seeds among thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. We have two, two items that's, that, that choke the word. The care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. What is the care of the world? The care of the world 
You're spending all your time in this world. You have time to watch a movie, but you have no time to study the Bible. You have time to watch sports like footy or rugby or golf or motorsports, but you have no time to read God's Word. You have time to listen to music, but you don't have time to pray. These are things of cares of the world. The deceitfulness of riches. One doesn't have to be a multimillionaire or lots and lots of money to have deceitfulness of riches. Chasing after promotion, working late every night, working on Sunday, or working seven days a week to get the top job. There are some places and some people, I know, that never rest. All they do is chase after money. And they work seven days a week, and they work very hard, many, many hours. Chasing after that elusive dollar. It may also be striving after the biggest house in the block, the fastest car, the largest boat, upsizing, keeping up with the Joneses. Turn to Luke chapter 8 again. Just keep, keep your place in, in Matthew. And we'll just read verse 14. This, one, this verse gives you a little bit more insight into it as well. 8 verse 14 says, And they which fell among the thorns are they which have heard, Go forth and are choked with the care and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. Luke's account talks about the pleasures of this life as well. That's another one of the deceitfulness of riches. This is the same as building everything around yourself so that you can enjoy it. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. All these things choke out the word. There's no repentance in these people. These people may be in church for a long time, but eventually, because there's no change in the heart, they'll follow the things of the world. They'll leave unfruitful. These are, the pros- these are no- known as the prosperous soil, the divided-hearted, or the preoccupied hearer. These are very hard to see. They may be doing everything right. They may seem to be doing everything right. But their hearts are not right. They have not been converted. They have not let the seed grow so that they may become fruitful hearers. The last soil I want to talk about is Matthew chapter 13, verse 8 again, is the good soil. So we'll read verse 8 and verse 23. Verse 8 says, But others fell into good ground and brought forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirty. And verse 23, But he that received the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundred, some fold, some sixty, and some thirty. The first thing about the good soil to note is that the soil was prepared. 
If you're a farmer and you're going to go plant seed in your field, you would not leave the, 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 the field as it is and just start throwing your seed. You do a lot of work preparing that soil. You get your plow in there and you plow the ground up so that the soil will be exposed so the seed can fall in to the ground, into the furrows, and you can cover it up. The important thing to note is that the soil was prepared. That's why I said to you that it doesn't matter who you um, preach to, who you share the seed with. As long as you pray, as long as you go and do the work that God has done, uh, asked you to do, to spread the gospel, God will make the increase. God can plow a hard heart. He can break up rocks. There's nothing that God can't do. Our job is not to worry about that. The sower went out. The farmer had really prepared the land. His job is just a sower. So, just one thing to note is that the soil was prepared. After the sower goes out and sows, in this case the good soil, the seed grows and is fruitful. This person's heart has been impacted by the word of God. His heart has received the seed, it yielded to the seed, and it grew. Just go back to Luke again in 15, uh, Luke 8, chapter 15. There's one thing that Matthew doesn't show that Luke does. The difference between um, the, the, the people, the, the hearers, who are, um, are, are on the good soil. So if you read 15, it says here, but, um, Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 15, But on that good ground are they... In, uh, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. They keep it. It's not recorded in Matthew, but in Luke it is. They keep that word. They store it deep in their heart. They don't let go of it. They don't give it up. They keep that word. And they, because of that, they became fruitful. And they have the fruit of salvation. These are the prepared soiled, the wholehearted, and the serious hearers. Out of these four soils that we've looked at here, 75% of the soils were unfruitful. 75% were not saved. Only 25% of the soil, one out of the four soils, was saved. One of the four, four soils produced fruits. One of the four soils was saved. And that was a good soil. Now I want to impart to everyone here who's a believer, everyone who's trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as his Saviour, every believer is a sower. We all have the seed. We all have the good news that Christ died for sinners. The season for sowing is actually now. We are, we are to be like the sower. We are to go out and to sow the seed. Sometimes it's hard for us to share the gospel with friends or family or anyone. We can go out and give tracts. 
A simple little tract in a post box can do wonders. God can do magic, um, amazing things with that one tract. You don't know the effect. But it's not your purpose to know the effect. You'll only find out when you get to glory what the effect of your sowing has been. But we are to go, sow, go sowing. God may give you a huge field. And we can look in the modern world. We have commercial farmers that have acres and acres and hectares of land where they plough out every day or every year. And they'll, and they'll sow lots and lots of seed and they have bountiful harvest. God may do that to you. God might make your field massive and huge. Or he might just give you a veggie patch. And that's all. It doesn't matter. Whatever God has given you, whether it's a huge lot of land or even a veggie patch, your purpose is not to know, worry about what size you have. Your purpose is to go out and sow that seed. This is the Great Commission which you read in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, that we read earlier. This is a personal evangelism that each must undertake. Without the sower, seed will never get to the ground. And there will be no fruits of salvation. God has placed the spreading of seeds into the hands of common people, like you and me. The scripture tells us that he hasn't used people who are great, well-learned. So just turn to, um, with me to 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. <clears throat> chapter 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, verses 20 and 21. 1 Corinthians 1 verses 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? After that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. If the world had to go and do this, if the world had to spread the seed, they would have the most popular person. We would have sports stars. They would have the most learned people going out there, spreading the word. But God didn't do that. God used fishermen, tax collectors. You use me to spread the gospel. And that's what it is. He doesn't use people who can say it's out of their own strength. He uses common people to spread the gospel. And that's what we need to do. Turn to Mark, chapter 16, verse 15. Mark, chapter 16, verse 15. And this is what Jesus says to each and every one of us. He says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is what we've got to do. That is what we've got to do with the gospel. We've got to share it. We've got to go out sowing. 
Our purpose is to sow the seed, whether the soil is good or bad. The success of our sowing is not dependent upon us, but on God. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. This is my last, last bit of scripture to go through. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. This is what Paul says. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believe. Even as the, uh, sorry, verse 5. Even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. Who is David? Nobody. The sower's name is not given in the parable. All that he went out to do was to sow the seed. And that's what we must do. Each and every one of us. And God will give the increase. You may be sowing only on the wayside, as I mentioned earlier. It doesn't matter. Keep sowing. Kerry, who was a well-renowned missionary in India, he went to India. He knew God wanted him there. And he was obedient to that. And he preached in India for several years without anyone coming to know him, uh, in know Christ. It took several years before one person came to trust in Christ as their Savior. So don't be discouraged if you do go and share the word and you don't see any progress. There was a massive revival that came afterwards to India through Kerry's work. And that was from God. We need to be faithful where God has placed us. Wherever God has placed you, that is where He wants you to be right now. You must be faithful there. It may be bad soil. It may be good soil. It may be stony soil. You don't know. If you haven't trusted in Christ as your Savior, and you've heard this message today, there's only one of four ways that you can react. This parable gives us those four ways. One, you can reject it. You don't want to hear anything about it. The wayside. Two, you could say to yourself, I'll just go along for the ride and see how it goes. Stony ground. Or you could say to yourself, I'll squeeze this into my life somewhere. It sounds like a good thing to have. Thorny ground. Or, the word of God has been planted deep in your heart. You realize you need a saviour. You need repentance. Your heart has been touched by God's word. And you want Christ to be the captain of your life. And you cry out in your heart, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Good ground. The good ground is the only option whereby, we, whereby you can be saved. It's the only option where you can go to heaven to be with God and Christ. This is the only option for a changed life. If your life hasn't been changed, you're not on this path. It's the only options where sins are forgiven. It's the only options where you get God's blessings. And the only option where you have fellowship with God. 
If God has touched your heart today, or if there's any doubt in your heart about your salvation, if you're not sure what path you're on, if you're not sure what ground or what hero you are, speak to someone today. Don't delay. You know, life can end at any moment. And we could be transported into eternity in a moment. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Make certain today. Don't delay. Christ is coming soon as well. Very, very soon. We don't know the time. We don't know the hour. It might happen right now. We don't know. But time is running out. Don't delay. We're just closing a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you again for this time. We thank you that you've shown us from your word the different type of hearers, the different type of soils that we will come across in our lives, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we just remain faithful to you, that we continue just to going out there sowing the seed, Lord. We know that the, the growth and the crop doesn't come from us, it comes from you. But we pray, Lord, that we may be fruitful and faithful to you, going out there, spreading the word, doing what you want us to do. We pray for guidance and wisdom and encouragement and strength to continue to do that, Lord. And Lord, we pray, Lord, if there be anyone, Lord, that doesn't know you as their Savior, that hasn't been the good ground, Lord, we pray, Lord, that your hand hand would be on them, Lord, that you'd plow that land, you'd plow that ground open, Lord, that they may hear it, and the seed may, that the ground may become a good soil, and that the seed may grow and be kept in that heart, and that it may grow forth and bring, be fruitful for you. Lord, we pray, Lord, for the rest of the service. We ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Hey,